everybody. Thank you for joining us for a magical, what day is it today? I think it's a Thursday Thursday edition of Oh This Podcast. It is episode number 15. Uh, cut the horse. Quince. Quince. It is our Quince. It's our Quinceanera Quinceanera episode. (laughs) We also would like to take and dedicate this episode to our episode to our favorite California, Anaheim, and Los Angeles of Anaheim. (laughs) Los Angeles, Angel of Anaheim. Angel Anaheim. Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon. Salmon Rushdie? <laughs> had a, had Sal Bass? A surprisingly good career, actually. I was just looking at his baseball reference page. Like, he was a, I mean, he had a, a he was in from 92 to 2006, but he had 40.5 wins above replacement. That's not Jeez, bad. That's not bad. That's not, not bad, bad at all. Well, everybody, I'm Patrick. Steve's here sitting right next to me. We are drinking some beer. We are very, very, very honored to be able to broadcast today. But before I get Steve going with all the metadata, I want to take in, take care of one housekeeping note. A couple episodes back, I think it was episode maybe six, we talked about dirty pleasures like and things that we are afraid that people would be afraid to have us know, like mm-hmm. things that are embarrassing for us. And it came to light that one of those uh, secret dirty pleasures is Steve, my good colleague right here, has never seen the movie Grease. Well, I think it's more so that you've seen it and loved it than, than me not seeing yeah, it. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure <laughs> right there. So what we did was we offered up a uh, a opportunity for anybody, if they wanted to support the show, to take and do so. And we have a, an extremely generous benefactor who has decided to uh, subject us to that. So we have a special edition show that will be coming and produced in the next couple of weeks that will be available uh, through Patreon uh, for other people. Uh, but for the person who was the benefactor, thank you so much. And what that episode will be will be a 100% book report style episode <laughs> that will be recorded directly and during the epi- the watching of Grease to get live sound bits. And there's going to be lots of beer. Probably while drinking some very high-octane beers because uh, yeah. I- not a not a gargantuan fan of the musical genre, so uh, it will be something. Go grease lightning! <laughs> You're, grease everyone, lightning! Go grease lightning! I, I enjoy the fact that so many people revel in uh, subjecting me to things I don't like. This is good. So expect uh, more news on that front there. But we have done it. We have secured our investors, and it was possibly you. Thanks, Mitch, for taking <laughs> care of that. Sky Point. Sky Point. Never forget <laughs> number eleven. Uh, wow. Steve. Uh, Tell us the details, the metadata. Yeah, so uh, you can go ahead and uh, check us out at ohthispodcast.com. We've got uh, links there to all the episodes as well as some other information about the show. Uh, you can also catch those episodes on iTunes or in the uh, Android uh, Play Store. Um, you can uh, get us on Facebook. Uh, we've got our, our page up there. Uh, you can also uh, catch us on Twitter at, at ohthispodcast. And uh, yeah, and like like Patrick was saying, if you want to support the show and possibly uh, you know get in on the action with uh, Grease, uh, a, a Grease review or uh, some other future projects on the line, and uh, helping us out to uh, make those things come to life, uh, you know, check us out on Patreon and uh, you know support the show that way. We're kicking around an idea for the calendar, uh, the Men of O this podcast. <laughs> It'll be just Steve and I doing a calendar. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I mean, well, it's good that we're even. You know, we've got a duo here, so we can both take six months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be fun here. Um, but without further ado, why don't we hop into uh, the first part of the show and let's do the beer of the week. And I know that this one we're going to take and elaborate a little bit more um, in depth about the beer of the week because it's special to us. It's a special weekend for the brewery, the brewery that's actually releasing it here. So I think we're like we're obligated to start with a little bit of a vocal air horn like dun dun <laughs> da 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 da
Like, what, what do we want? Wah, 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 wah. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> okay, beer of the week, Steve. Beer, take us there. Uh, beer of the week this week, as Patrick mentioned, very special, uh, not only for uh, us, but for the brewery uh, that's putting it out. Uh, this uh, this weekend is the uh, annual uh, Dark Lord Day for Three Floyds Brewing Company in uh, Munster, Indiana. One of my personal favorites. And, One of my uh, favorite cheeses ever. <laughs> Munster is a good cheese yeah. as well, yes. Um, so we are enjoying this week a fine 2014 uh, bottle of the infamous or, well, famous, infamous. Uh, notorious. You know, notorious, uh, very challenging to get uh, Dark Lord Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, so a little bit uh, about the beer. Um, and uh, they, they brew this beer one time a year. Um, and they put it out for Dark Lord Day. We've kind of mentioned this on uh, some previous shows, too, the whole uh, uh, event that they put on for this thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is a gargantuan, just uh, insanely thick stout um, that uh, they have brewed up with uh, uh, Mexican vanilla, uh, sugar, coffee. Uh, coffee from, uh, actually, from Dark Matter uh, Coffee here in Chicago. Oh, now, very cool. Um, over in Ukrainian Village. Uh, the, one of the founders of the uh, brewery is from that area. So that's uh, one of... Support the local they, economy. They used to use Intelligentsia Coffee, and then they switched to Dark Matter Coffee a few years ago. So um, this beer is uh, uh, just... Uh, if you like stouts uh, and you want to try something different... Uh, this is this is the way to go. It's uh, pretty thick. It's, it's it's motor oil. It's got a it's smooth, but it's it's definitely thick. It pours like motor oil. Um, it has the consistency. Uh, it's very viscous, um, but uh, you get a ton of uh, just different flavors. Uh, there's some fruit notes on it, uh, and like almost like cherries. Uh, you get a uh, ton of coffee, uh, like bur- like almost burnt toffee flavor. Yeah. Um, it is uh, just. A, a, a wondrous com- complex beer um one of the most uh, unique stouts that you'll have uh nowadays there are a lot of really good uh, imperial stouts out there but uh, this one's near and dear to my heart uh, it's one of the beers um and breweries that got me into craft beer so uh you know i've been fortunate enough to get in there and get tickets uh, every single year since uh you know i've been been to the event since 2010 so uh yeah it's a uh, awesome time uh, heavy metal and heavy beer, uh, so there's you really can't go wrong. Yeah, with you it. can't go wrong with that. So tell me, why is it so in sought of demand? Like, why is it so hard to get? Is it just because they make a limited amount of it, or is it just because everybody that has knows about it wants it? And tell me, like, because we're drinking a three year old vintage mm-hmm. here, so explain to me why vintages and. If they're like, is it just like one beer, or are there any other options that you can get with this, or is it? Oh sure, yeah. There's um, so specifically with uh, as, as far as scarcity of it, part of it is created. They only make this beer once a year. Sure. They produce it. They sell. Usually, there's between nine and twelve thousand people that go to the event. There have been more in years past. Now they've got a little bit better hold on the overall ticket. Uh, um, you know, count for that, but, uh, they will cut you, uh, about, uh, they'll give you four bottles and, um, this year and, and the past two years now, uh, it's been, uh, you, you get a variant of the beer included this year, a little bit of controversy with them this year, uh, because they, um, are not guaranteeing a variant this year. They may be only variant, uh, guaranteeing 
to a two vintage beers. So okay, um, it's kind of a little bit of a tricky situation, but their variants are also highly sought after. That's basically they just take the beer and throw it into barrels and different treatments for um, specific periods of time. Uh, like one of the um, very popular ones uh, is uh, aged in bourbon barrels with uh, vanilla beans. It's uh, uh, they have, they lovingly call it marshmallow hangy. And, uh, <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It is positively fantastic. Uh, probably one of the best things you would ever drink. Um, and uh, that is it. Just for whatever reason, the way those bourbon barrels interact with the rest of the beer, it just uh, is incredible. And that beer will frequently be on sale on black market for hundreds of dollars. If not, uh, I don't know any more. But uh, at at one t- point in time, I'm sure people were paying over a thousand dollars for that bottle. And they might still be at this point. It's been a while since I looked. Yeah. So this is almost like when you're taking and talking about like beers, this is the creme de la creme. This is like, if you're comparing it to like wine, these are like fine bottles that you would keep in your collection. They age. Yeah. Special occasion type of beers. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are beers that you're going to want to keep uh, not really much longer than five years or so. They kind of hit their stride. I, I mean, we had uh, in late 2015 and early 2016, we opened up some of our 2011 bottles, and they were just spectacular. Um, and it's it's crazy to see how they age and like just the different characters that come out of the beer. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I've got we're gonna on Saturday when we go, we're fortunate enough to have a big enough group that's gone enough years, so we're going to have every version from 2010 on to 2000 and through 2016, and we'll have 2017 bottles. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and you, it's it's fun to like kind of go up and just kind. I mean, it's a huge bottle share. Everyone is pouring different stuff, but it's like you can taste these beers and kind of see how they progress over time. And like I said, after about five, maybe six years, they're starting to, you know, things are starting to oxidize and flavors are kind of, you know, getting off a little bit, but uh, it's just kind of cool. You can kind of see the progression of them over here. So a lot of people will, will drink one and then hold a couple until, you know, they can kind of stagger them and kind of compare them to other ones. Sure. And this isn't the first three Floyd's beer that we've done on the show. Uh, This is, I think our inaugural show we did Alpha King. If it wasn't the first one, we yeah, did. we I think we've done Alpha King and I think we've done Zombie Dust as well. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. They're like, they're near and dear to my heart. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean they're Chicago guys that uh you know that got that started it and they're just over the border in Indiana. So, um. Yeah. I mean it's I'm looking forward to it. It's a uh you know it's the springtime kind of event that uh, I've been traditionally going to for almost a decade now, which is crazy to think about because where craft beer was at that point in time, like it was really just blowing up when we were getting into it. Right. And now it's, I mean, it's insane to think of like the things that they have out there now in comparison to back then. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. I know you wanted to talk about the actual event itself. Um, And I think it's going to be good for people to know that. Sorry, there, there was a little bit of a, announcement yesterday that they had some tickets available they did yeah um, which you probably if you didn't see it you're probably not going to get them but what's the event like what are people to expect if they want to take and check it out next year and yeah get some of these beers because you're saying tomorrow or saturday that's the only time you're going to be able to get these because they're going to sell out yeah well they they don't sell it any other time you can get it on tap if you go to some of the other beer events that we talked about in a previous episode. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but, but, that's limited. Uh, but yeah, you're not getting bottles of it. This is the only time you're going to buy bottles, um, unless you get it from some you know, other means of someone got a bottle and you're going to pick it up from somebody. Or right, right, but, right. Yeah, they don't go to retail or anything like that. This is the, this is the time you get it. 
Um, so yeah, I mean the the event uh, in general, basically to get tickets, they put uh, they put tickets up on sale around St. Patrick's Day every year, and uh, basically you get online and you click a button and you just hope. Uh, that's really how it goes. And so there have been years where, um, you know, you get tickets. There have been years when friends bail you out because they got in through the queue and they got sure, they could sure. get tickets too. Um, they limit you so that you can only get two tickets per person. They're non-transferable, so you can't give them to, you know, your buddy. Like, you can bring a guest. You can buy two tickets, so but they've got your name on them. So if you bring in a guest, like, you know, we have tickets. We have to go in together. I have to show them my ID with my name on it, obviously. And they're going to verify that against the ticket, and then they're going to say, "Hey, okay, this is the guest that's coming through." Sure. With you. Yeah. Um, so they're they're strict about that because people would sell those tickets for hundreds of, and they already cost hundreds of dollars. Um, yeah, tickets will set you back about a hundred and I think one hundred and eighty bucks plus fees, um, which covers the cost of the beer in the event too. So you're getting, you know. Four the to bottles six, that you're buying, right? They're, you're getting four to six bottles of beer, depending on this year. If you get you get four of the base beer plus either one variant or two vintage bottles, so okay, that's included along with the cost of just going to the event. You know, which they I think they tag that at about forty bucks, forty fifty bucks sure. to get in. Um, so yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an expensive event, but uh, it's worth checking out if you're. I mean, the bottle sharing is fantastic. You have people there that are just bringing beer from all over the country, all over the world, frankly. Um, and you will get to try stuff. You know, you'll be pouring one bottle that you've got, and other people will be there. It's like, hey, yeah, I'll try that one out. Yeah, you know, what do you have? And it's just a big community thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to get tickets to, but uh, you know, like I said, if you if you can manage your way through it and find your way through the queue and the uh, the the world of the interwebs, uh, you know, deems you fit for passage, they will grant you tickets, and uh, off you go. And they, they do do some tickets. Um, they set aside a, a, like a small, sec- a very small section of tickets for to sell at the pub, and they just kind of randomly announce it on Twitter. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, we're like Sunday morning at ten a.m. We're gonna start selling. We're gonna start selling these tickets. You know, get up. You know, get over here two per person." Yeah. And they had some left over, I think, this year because they put a few up on the web again for sale. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's those are your only means of, of getting to this event. You, so, can't, you can't hang out outside the gate and hope someone's going to scalp you a ticket. Right. If, they, you, if someone tries to offer that uh, to you, you're getting taken. Right, right, <laughs> right. So there's about 10,000 people in this, like, in this parking lot area. This, uh, this, what is it, business park is kind of the best sure. way to describe it. Yeah. But, so the beer, is, the beer and the bottle share is one aspect of it, but the other part of it is like the whole music and stuff like that. You yes. alluded to some of this, like... Is Joan Jett and the Butt Chuggers gonna play, or like who's playing? <laughs> no, they've got uh, the the Three Floyds guys are big into uh, metal, and they like uh, I don't know, not not necessarily my my favorite types of metal. They really like kind of like the sludgy metal stuff, and uh, it's not uh, you know it is what it is. It's what they're into. Uh, but like this year, they have Amon Amarth playing, which is Jeez. I mean, like they they don't get like big like mainstream acts but they get you know, like maybe big in sweden acts, they are big acts in the metal community yeah um, for sure you know like i think a few years ago they had melvin's playing oh that, i think that was at their uh um anniversary party um yeah so i mean they, they've had some other uh um you know relatively big metal acts i should you know they're not like again they're not necessarily mainstream you're not getting metallica to come and play this thing but uh um i mean it's cool it's uh you know they, they just throw them up on a stage and off they go and you just have you know various metal and you hear you know double bass drums kicking the whole time <laughs> and you're like all right this is kind of uh like their vibe is like 
very very unique uh for this event it's just kind of like a, a happy marriage of like everything that like those brewers are interested in, that that the floyds are into is what they put out at this event that's awesome i mean they don't really like people that much <laughs> they're they're not the most customer service friendly uh brewery in the world but uh, i forgive them because they make awesome beer yeah and i think that's great customer services they're taking in putting a great product out for their people you don't have to get a smile with it, you know. <laughs> I don't think you do. Well, so Patrick, knowing that this is your first year going to this event, um, what uh, what are your preparations? What are you expecting? So I think I don't know. So my preparations are: I got to decide between white, purple, or black, and that's my outfit and attire for the <laughs> day. And it's which panda shirt am I going to wear? Okay. And then I need to figure out if it's going to be a pretzel or a pretzel dog necklace. No, don't do that. No, I'm not going to do that <laughs> at all. But I don't know. I think I'm excited for just to see the amount of people there. I am the beer mule mm-hmm. <laughs> for this one. I'm fully aware that that's my role. Um, it's just going to be exciting. Like I will appreciate any of these different beers that come in front of me. But um, you know, I'm not going to take in take away a beer from somebody who's really, really wanting to try something new, but like I'm drinking this now for this is literally this episode right now is the first time I've had dark Lord Mm -hmm. and it is thick. It is good. And I can see why people would have it be sought highly coveted and sought after. It's a, uh, like I said, there's a lot of other really good Russian Imperial stouts and Imperial stouts that are out there now. Uh, they were one of the big, like, it was the thing to get several years ago. And, yeah. it, and it still remains very sought after to this day, but uh, there's, there's more competition now. There's right. more breweries. Um, but uh, this one, it's certainly a unique one in the, in the, for the style. Um, I mean, it clocks in at like 15% too, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, I prefer to take and drink the stouts and the porters and the darker beers. I just think you get a little bit like you get a little bit more of a taste. Like I don't they're know. More they're more complex. Yeah. yeah. Versus if you go and drink a heavy, like an IPA or stuff, you're just getting a lot of hops and a lot of floral and drinking like potpourri. Right. It's like, that, that, ain't nobody got time for that shit. <laughs> uh, do you plan on taking in any beers that are outside your comfort zone, though? Like what so? Like a Mickey's or like a Tecate <laughs> Light? <laughs> no, like uh, something that uh, you haven't tried before or you're not uh, that into, like you're willing to give another shot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to take in definitely... A sip or a glass, maybe I'm not going to take it. Right, I'm not saying go out and you know buy a whole bomber worth of something, you know, just for the sake of it. But it's like within the bottle shares, like if you see maybe like a sour that you like, you're not you're not a big sour guy, but like, would you be willing to go and like give it a give it a test drive and see if there's something new that you like? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's like I will definitely be open to exploring new different types of beers, but I'm not going to take away from somebody who really really wants to have it. Trust me, there there's more than enough beer. You're not (laughs) not taking anything away. from anybody we, i mean our group alone we will probably bring i mean probably shit i mean i've got six or six to eight beers that i've selected to, to bring along i'm sure uh, my buddy ryan will probably bring another you know half dozen and you know between the rest of the group we've got fucking like eight, six eight more people are coming yeah. we're probably gonna have 40 40 50 beers that will be brought We'll probably drink twenty of them, and I'm driving, so I have to take and keep that. <laughs> you into do have to be moderately responsible. But there is the White Castle right next door to the, the brewery. There so. is a White Castle. I mean, they have and they have awesome food there too. That's another thing that they, you know they have food. Um, they also have beers on tap as well as guest taps from other breweries, either in the Midwest or around the country. So it's cool that they bring in some really 
heavy hitting beers from other breweries that are awesome. Um, That's cool. Know, it's a uh, opportunity to go and sample some new stuff. So it's almost like that, uh, like a mini brew fest inside of this whole release party. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what it is. Now, tell me about this. Do people sometimes get a little, uh, little out of control? <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Uh, they tend to uh, – if you ever want to see some comedy, uh, you can just Google uh, – you know, go to an image search and uh, Google Dark Lord Day pictures and pick a year, um, and you will inevitably find broken bottles uh, on the ground with – Broken beer, souls. Beer, you know, peop- and then usually next to a picture of a broken bottle, you'll see someone next to that broken bottle licking up the beer off of the ground. <laughs> um, you'll find people in – or around garbage cans, um, you will find people passed out in various uh, parking lots or uh, grassy knolls uh, around the business park. Uh, it's gotten better um, in that regard. There's been some shit that's happened, though, in years past uh, that uh, is kind of, you know, when you put a bunch of drunk people together, bad things can happen. Right. Uh, they've done a good job at limiting a lot of that, but uh, you know, you put a lot of uh, alcohol and a lot of people in a short period of time, and, and a uh, lot of metal music. And you know, obviously, the blame the music. It's all it's all the fault of the music. Always. <laughs> Ask Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, you will see plenty of uh, interesting characters. There are a lot of beards. Uh, it'll be uh, probably. I would say 93 to 97% male oh. at this event. You don't see very many uh very many ladies at these uh, at these beer events. Uh um I don't know if it's because they don't feel welcome or they know what they're getting into and they want no part of it. Uh, yeah. But uh it is uh very much uh a male dominated uh it's event. Alpha male. Uh I wouldn't call I wouldn't say that. It's uh they're <laughs> There's plenty of uh, uh, of bellies and beards <laughs> to go around there. <laughs> bellies, beards, and beer. <laughs> Pretty much. The, the three Bs of a, a Dark Lord day. Yeah, you have, you're ta- talking about guys who will sacrifice possibly paying part of their rent to go get some rare sour from Belgium. Um, I mean, it, that's the kind of beer geekery that you're about to experience. Oh, God. I don't even know <laughs> if I'm ready for that. Not even sure about that, so... So yeah, I mean it'll be fun. Uh, I'm interested. We'll we'll have to follow up after uh, after the event and see uh, if any of your suspicions uh, are confirmed about what you're going into, and uh, also you know what you liked and what you didn't like about it. For sure, I'm gonna bring my uh, cooler full of Zima and just get out there. <laughs> Barrel aged Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yep, <laughs> for loco. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. So that is Dark Lord Day in a uh, in a nutshell. So that's what we're uh, what we're dealing with. Uh, fortunately for you. You won't have to be, uh, you know, you're you're going to be the responsible one and going to be driving, so you'll have to, you know, taper yourself down at a, at a given point. Uh, yeah, real quick before we wrap this segment, do you want to talk about any war stories from uh, from some heydays where you haven't had to be that guy? God, I don't know. Like, I remember that there's war stories that I've had where things have started off bad. Like, I'm going to explain, like, the night is going to be great by taking a fireplace poker and, like, oh, <laughs> and then... Uh, like most of my stories end up with me some sort of buying some sort of uh tray or receptacle or device okay. carrying device full of jello shots. If I if you see me <laughs> buying the tray of jello shots from a waitress or uh that of the server kind mm-hmm. and going around and passing it out to people, you know I'm it's, it's <laughs> bedtime, it's ready to go. 
Uh, that's happened in Seattle. That's happened in Chicago numerous times. People are like, why do you like want all this stuff? I'm like, I'll buy like a tray of like 30 or 40 sure. Jello shots on it. It's that's like, a lot of Jello shots. Well, because I was hungry and everybody else looked hungry. So, so you want a Jello and <laughs> Jello and, <laughs> and all the accoutrement that comes along with that. So I think that's one of them. Uh, God, one of the, I think going back like war stories from it, it's like. My 21st birthday was definitely a war story. Okay. Like, I, I alluded to this in the previous when we were talking about snowboarding and different things there. I, I rode a mechanical bull. Attempt, yeah. <laughs> attempted to ride a mechanical bull. And it bull. bucked you. No, no, it bit me. It bit you? It, it, it bucked me three times, but it <laughs> bit me. And so, like, I'll, I'll keep this story short because we're going to go on to some other stuff here. But the story starts where it's... Uh, we go to several other bars and we head to downtown Seattle and there's this place called Cowgirls and it's on the corner and I'm like, oh, sweet cowboy bar. We're going to go in there because, you know, I was a cowboy, not, <laughs> not a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy. Uh, and then I walk in there and we have a couple more drinks and I guess things were going well, I, I guess. Like, and then the idea that I had or was divinely inspired to have by <laughs> other people was hey he should ride the mechanical bull and so i get over there to the bull and i'm about to like they like have to make sure like you're okay to do it and sign a waiver and i'm like <laughs> in case you get hurt yeah, I'm like, yeah yeah i'm like oh this is gonna be good so i'm like okay so they make me sign a waiver i'm like yeah i okay so i, I take a pen and i start going to the piece of paper and nothing's showing up on the paper <laughs> i'm like it's there it's like no you gotta sign it i'm like okay so i do it again no pen. Were you using the wrong end of the pen? No, no. I was okay. using the right end of the pen. It was just moving from, and it didn't want to accept my signature. Sure. And so he's like, okay, fine. Give me your thumb. I'm like, what? And he pulls out a little ink pad and puts my thumb and <laughs> fingerprints me on the waiver. You, put, you literally put your mark on it. Literally, had, like, okay, this guy, yeah. So they let me go up there, and they knew I was hammered. And so I hop on the bull, and I made it to woo, and then fell off immediately. <laughs> I thought I made it to seven, but I guess I only made it to uh, of one, yeah. right? Yeah. So I get back up. I, I jump back up again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this again. And I got my hand up, and I fall down before he starts doing it. So that's two. <laughs> Bull wins, too. So I'm like, third time is a charm. I get up there. He jerks me back and forth, and I fall down. And I don't know what happened. I just got this like huge bruise uh -huh. the size of a 12-inch softball in the front of my shin. I'm like, ow. So the whole rest of the night, there's more that goes on to that. Uh, I'm like, why does my leg feel like it's on fire? Yeah, I think why is it broken? <laughs> like something ain't right. And the la last part of that night is when I started to take my shirt off in the bar. They're like, it's time to take him home. <laughs> Different bar across the town. So <laughs> those are some of my stories, but that's very abbreviated. Yeah, we don't we don't need to dive into the war stories. Basically, the gist of it is, we we used to be able to do that, and shit. Now I'm you know I'm approaching thirty, and I I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I I can. I can game up for it, and I can be like, "Hey, you know, this is the day I'm going to do this." And then I, but I know full well the next day is just going to be I, I can't have anything on the schedule because it's going to be sitting on the couch and just feeling like a for, for sure for you know six hours or so, six eight hours until the usually until the like early afternoon before I'm like, "All right, I can get up and do something." Yeah. So the funny thing is that was multiple bars as a twenty or something. Mm -hmm. Now a couple weeks, a couple months ago. I w came home from a Friday night after work happy hour, and I found a shoe behind my pillow <laughs> and a Bee Gees concert playing at an obscenely loud, uh, an obscenely loud volume for three or four o'clock in the morning. It was obscenely loud for like noon at Soldier Field on a Sunday, 
and if I'm the just, BGs were playing live there during a Bears game. Yeah, I was like, oh god. So, yeah, we can't do what we. Yeah, we're getting old. You just have to understand your limitations at this point. Yeah, but uh, you know what time it is, Patrick? What time is it? What time is it? Game time. <gasps> it is game time because we've got a little debate here, my friend. Ooh. I like debates. We do. We do like to debate every now and again. But uh, this one, uh, this I'm I'm curious, uh, and I know that I've got uh, some people listening on this one because they are interested in the in the subject matter. Because uh, we're going to talk about the Batman franchise a little bit more. And uh, specifically, two entries into the Batman uh, uh, canon. So to okay, speak. Um, and uh, these these two are uh, you know. Uh, Ones that we grew up with. <laughs> okay. Um, we were, you know, of age to know and appreciate, uh, you know, uh, their uh, nuances and fine uh, filmmaking at the time. But uh, we're going to go to uh, 1995 first. And uh, we've got the legendary Batman Forever. Ooh. And we're going to pit that up against 1997's entry, Batman and Robin. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> So is this going to be like a which is better, which sucked? Like you, you why, tell me. why why I'm a fan? Lay this thing out. You tell me what you uh, what you're going to tell me. I mean, if you're going to come out with something heavy, you might as well do it now. As a young scholar at the age of ten, I was first introduced to the Batman Forever movie uh, by way of the soundtrack. Of course, of course. And not only did the soundtrack uh, have many many good tunes on there, it had one. Uh, fine, fine track by a man by the name of Seal. Mm-hmm. Mononym. Uh, yes. And he was talking about A Kiss from a Rose. And so one of the things is their soundtrack was great. That was one of the best songs ever. Sure. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say best songs ever, but it, it was, best a, it was one of the best songs soundtrack. on that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Very true. I think you two actually did one of the title tracks on that. It's entirely possible. Yeah. You you keep telling me your story. I will find out. Yeah. So Batman Forever. I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. So I loved everything that Jim Carrey mm-hmm. was in. So I was like, oh, this is great. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, whatever. You know. Val Kilmer? How could you go wrong with Val Kilmer? Iceman is actually going to become Wait, Batman? Just whatever Tommy Lee Jones, who's like probably the actor with the most chops in that movie. What about Alfred? What about, I haven't got to Christopher O'Donnell yet. <laughs> yeah. So talking about chops, um, yeah, like I don't know. I thought that was good. So putting these together, if we're gonna have to pick Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, I'm gonna have to say hands down is Batman and Batman Forever. And this is why I watch both of these movies today, or not today. I did not watch them today. Mm-hmm. I watched them this week. Uh, Batman Forever. I made it through without falling asleep. I fell asleep in Batman and Robin. <laughs> within like 30 minutes and see however I, yeah. it's because arnold was arnold's got some of the best one-liners oh. and zingers in there uh <laughs> i like the character of poison ivy and i like the character of bane but george clooney and christopher o'donnell oh my god that was the most boring uh it was the most boring batman ever and robin I, i'm not a christopher o'donnell fan ever well, i can you, put him you up you had to, him in both of those didn't you though he was right in, yeah yeah i could have it could have just been batman forever alone for me mm-hmm. Um, and I think of like when Christopher you didn't need two scoops of uh, Christopher O'Donnell. No, I did not need that. <laughs> and then I did not need Alicia Silverstone uh, coming off of Clueless Batgirl to that because like so I put Christopher O'Donnell and Christian Slater in the same special bucket of man. It's got to be really good for me to watch it. <laughs> like Mr. Robot's good because Christopher Slater, um, or Christian Slater doesn't yeah. do much in there. 
Except for he's one of the like he's an auxiliary character, like a figment of his imagination. He's also a awesome character in Archer called and his name is Slater. God, that's <laughs> freaking hilarious. But yeah, so for me it was like the entertaining uh Jim Carrey put that movie on the map for me. Uh okay. for the uh Mr. Enigma. Yes. Edward Enigma. Edward Enigma. Yeah. And I thought it was good. I thought Val Kilmer was a little flat as a Batman. I didn't understand how you were coming off of Michael Keaton into Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm into George Clooney. And I think those were the, it was, it was Batman forever, which was Michael Keaton still. And he did three. He did Batman. Yeah. I think it was, it was three, two or three. Um, and then it was Val Kilmer and George Clooney. I think they were trying to find that next person. I think after Clooney was there another one, or then it was Batman begins with Christian Bale for, uh, a few or not. No, I think, I think they killed it off. I don't think they did another one until they rebooted with Christian right. Bale. Yeah. I could be wrong on my Batman, uh, my actors. I don't really give a shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, Batman and Robin's only forgiving moment is the quips of Arnold. Like, that's about it. Like, what about Uma Thurman? Uma! <laughs> Uma! She was good, and Bane was good, but it's like, come on. I, I could not follow that story. Yeah. There was, there was an actual story in Batman Forever. Like, it told about a little bit. I thought, like, you started... You, you mean to tell me that you weren't inspired by the, uh, you know, the... The, the other side of Arnold's character of Mr. Freeze and understanding that he lost his wife and, you know, he just needed to, you know, he was trying to recreate her. And, uh, you know, he had the, what was his stupid gun that he had to have all the diamonds or whatever right. to power his stupid shit. Yeah, that was. It was bad. It wasn't, it was good. Bad. It wasn't good. I can't, I can't put up a defense for it. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. What say you? What, if you had to pick between the two, what say you? Well. Let's go first to back to that soundtrack because you too did have a uh, did have one of the the tracks on there. It was "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" by U2, and I can't say I ever heard that song. Uh, I don't really like U2, so that would probably explain part of the uh, the equation there. Um, but yeah, th- let's let's hit some of these other tasty tracks. Smash it up by the Offspring, which is a cover. Um, but uh, then the Riddler by Method Man. Really? <laughs> Didn't he produce this album? Uh, or RZA produced the soundtrack. Yeah, one RZA of, produced one it. of the Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Wu Tang. But uh, yeah, obviously you have Kiss from a Rose. I mean, that one. I think three Grammys. Uh, Baby. So. Um, let's see what else they had. Uh, Brandy, where are you now? Uh, That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, most of the rest of these songs really don't uh, don't do a whole bunch for me. But uh, yeah, I mean. Kiss from a Rose, three Grammy Awards for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year. That's awesome. Baby. <laughs> they nailed it with that one. No, but so between Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, um, I am not going to say this because I'm only going to do this strictly on enjoyment factor and the fact that I love terrible movies. So I'm going to go with Batman and Robin just solely because I can laugh my ass off for the entire movie. If you could stay awake. Oh, I, I can stay awake because there's about 14,000 Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes in that that would keep me awake um, because that is just... But yeah, you, but you're right. I mean, like, the storyline in Batman and Robin is just It's stupid. awful. It's awful. There's... the I, I personally hate the production of both of the movies. I hate the, the way they look. Uh, and like for all the, sure. the the colors and shit, it, it it's very like I think Tim Burton produced one of them. I think I he think produced it was Batman Forever. He might have done uh, Batman and Robin together. 
as he, well. He did. He produced. He produced Batman Forever. I don't know if he if he had anything with uh, um, Batman and Robin, but I mean the influences are certainly there. And I fucking hate Tim Burton movies, so that doesn't do me any good. They're the cheesy. Both of those movies were very cheesy. Like the fact that oh yes, like you had a era where they were trying to do like over glorification of the how cheesy the bad guys were like. Arnold's Mr. Freeze guys were wearing like ice hockey skates and like hockey. <laughs> and they were freeze. George Clooney and uh, Batman and Christopher O'Donnell Robin, like, okay, we're going to ice skate this. Click their heels yeah. and have ice skates and they're playing hockey to get the diamond back. <laughs> like, come on. That's just not good. Well, they, and that, and like, they, I tried to like over sexualize it. I mean, they put like the the whole like stupid, like, cuts and like montage of like george Clooney Them getting, getting dressed. In, the, in the suit and you had the fucking the stupid nipple suit that was val kilmer's nipple suit was it the, no i thought george Clooney had the nipple suit no val kilmer did I okay watched it was val kilmer week, yeah. okay well Iceman what, had maybe the, they both had nipple suits i don't know but they i mean they showed like george Clooney's ass like when you know like when he was pulling the, right. the suit and it's like whatever Who, whoever had the nipple suit that doesn't even matter because this is all stupid but uh i'm just curious how much <laughs> money they got paid to make those movies because if you look at other movies that were released in that time right. or other projects that they were working on val kilmer was in heat right which is which awesome. is a fantastic I try, I, movie i tried to make jackie watch that the other night but we couldn't find it on online it, so i'm gonna have to amazon buy it. oh buy it yeah great movie if you're trying to s- tune up your sound system yeah that gun sh- oh my so God. we we substituted band of brothers but uh, yeah, i was, in, I was in the mood to watch uh some some shooting so great de niro pacino movie and then Clooney was on ER at the time. It's like right. you're thinking like well, how he, much and he money he was transitioning into movies um too. You know, he he'd done uh what was it uh, the Tarantino and uh, the vampire movie. Um what the hell is it called? Blade? No, not Blade, damn it. The, interview the, with the, the? No, not interview with <laughs> the uh, Twilight? The one where they go to Mexico. It's got Harvey Keitel in it. Desperado? Uh, no, not God damn it, I hate you. Um what, whatever, I'll come back to that. Blade? It's not Blade. Blade 2? <laughs> it's not Blade 2 either, damn it. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> um, Blade but, 3? <laughs> did they make a Blade 3? Blade Trilogy, they had to <laughs> oh, make they 3. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Batman and Robin, uh, I saw that for my brother's, let's see, that came out in 97, so that was my brother's fifth birthday. Oh my God. And we went, we went out to the uh, theater in Vernon Hills. And then I think we went. He wanted Taco Bell for his birthday dinner. So sorry, I'm solid putting, choice. I'm putting your your fifth uh, birthday business on the streets, Chris. But uh, that's what that's what we did. So. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Batman but, and Taco Bell. That's a way to my heart. <laughs> and my parents hated Taco Bell, so it was even better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the the George Clooney thing. Like it was it was an interesting choice. Um, but I mean, outside of that. I mean, they, that movie made. I'm sure it made money. It, it did two. So, Batman and Robin did 238.2 million against 125 million dollar budget. Right. So, I mean, it made money. Uh, but how did they spend 125 million on that movie? Well, Arnold, Arnold. It was probably, was probably on probably, salaries. Arnold yeah. Clooney. I mean, Arnold for sure was probably making 20 plus million on that movie, because um, he was one at one point the highest paid star in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he was raking. And I mean, they that. That's crazy. Like they had legit, like a legit cast. I mean, as far as movie stars are concerned, not all the best actors in the world, but like obviously Arnold's not the best actor in the world, but he was making bank. He was a huge name. Uh, George Clooney was an up and comer and, like and you know, established. Yeah. Uma Thurman. I mean, I mean Chris O'Donnell. 
<laughs> but, hard, uh, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. But, no, like, so in, in comparison, Batman Forever made uh, $336 million in gross. I don't know what the budget was, but, uh, I mean, that's certainly uh, – the, the budget was $100 million, so they made much more money on – the uh, uh, on forever than they than they did on Ro- Batman and Robin, but um, yeah, I mean, the lines, the script, the production of the whole thing in Batman and Robin, the only enjoyment I get out of it is just watching it for how terrible it is. Can we can we agree to go off scope for just one second? Oh yeah, of course. And say that Batman Begins and the Dark Knight are at least a thousand times better than those. Mathematically, like, yeah, I would say at least that. Yeah, I would say that like, there's a lot of people that would like to take and erase those campy, like those campy Batman Forever, Batman yeah. and Robin from that. You know, they're and, almost like the really like campy Adam West TV show. No, like the really campy um, like James Bond movies that they made. Oh, like, like the Timothy the, Dalton ones. The, well, even more so. Like Roger Moore was even more campy. Yeah. Like I mean, there's a charm to them at some point, but it's like. All right, guys. Like, we don't need to do this again. Like, let's let's get something a little bit better. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting analogy because I can think I can see like Pierce Brosnan came off of those and it was a serious like those movies had right. entertaining comedic parts of that because that's James Bond. But then you go to Daniel Craig and it's very very dark, dark, much darker in terms of like cinematics. Well, Patrick, we've had about enough of Batman here. I think we can both agree that uh, they're they're terrible. But uh, I think we're gonna terrible. we're we're gonna lean that uh, Batman Forever is the more solid cinematic uh, uh, event of the two movies. But I get more enjoyment out of, uh, or at least for myself, I don't want to speak for you. I get more enjoyment out of uh, Batman and Robin just because of how stupid it is. Riddle me this: What time <laughs> is it now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got going on now, Patrick? We're going. We're going. Uh, we're gonna. We'll stay in the same frame of time i think i mean we it'll go a little bit further a little bit past uh this but uh we got to talk and uh we've had we've had some good conversations online today with uh some uh some friends and listeners about uh this topic but uh we need to dive into uh just the phenomenon that is known as the one hit one oh yeah and this could have very easily gone into our you know tied very nicely in with our guilty pleasure segment because there's some there's some tracks in in uh in that category that uh, I know for sure that I either owned the uh, CD for or listened to uh, on repeat as much as I could. I, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> I can't, I got tongue twisted on that one for that ditto on there. So the, in, one of the interesting things though, it's like what Patrick, what do you consider to be a one hit wonder? Um, I consider a one hit wonder to be, well, it's like a one flash in the pan kind of thing. They had their, they had their like popularity Technically, if you do a one-hit wonder, it's one song, and then they went nowhere, right? It would, I consider like a one-hit wonder to be also like if they had one single and then they had a follow-up track that was decent that I liked, that may have not been like a number one hit, you know. Like other people can say that, you know, there are like you have to be charting for it, but sure. then that doesn't make any sense. Like you have to be charting because there's ba- a lot of really good bands that have made longev- long careers that haven't charted at all. Most definitely, I mean. So that that's one of the things because I, when we were researching this, so I was looking at you know because it is it is difficult. I I personally kind of consider it to be, um, kind of within a, a period of time, right? Or, or like within an album, um, more so than within you know 
over a period of years for sure, or, like for a sure. longer period of years, because it's like you you can be really big for one or two singles, and like that could sell a shit ton of copies back, you know, back when people were still buying physical media. Um, and you would obviously go on tour and stuff and be around, but then that by the time album two or three comes around and you're doing that, and it's like, hey, now we're gonna go play at the Brat Stop in Kenosha. Right, right. Like, <laughs> so, see, no, no offense to acts that are playing at the Brat Stop in Kenosha, but uh, if you're you're you know you go from playing uh, you know a stadium to going down to playing that, it's a little bit of a different yeah. Thing. I think for me, any band that goes and plays City Winery here in Chicago is probably uh-huh. a one hit wonder. <laughs> like when it, when you go off one of them is a band that I used to listen to, and I, I don't give. It crap it's i'm embarrassed i don't give whatever. a hoot i don't give no 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 whatever is about it but eve six was one from <laughs> the formative years in the mid 90s the late 90s you were you were jamming that i was following on, on my the pride. boom oh, box yeah. on the boom box eve six and they played at city winery a few months ago another one was like early one hit wonders would have been uh like one of the first tape cassettes that i ever owned and it would have been crisscross <laughs> and he's gonna jump. Yeah, and I've literally—I think I mentioned it on previous shows. I tried to get my pants on backwards, <laughs> and then I had to go to the restroom, and then couldn't figure out how to get out of those <laughs> pants um, successfully before that. But those are some there. Like, what? what are you, let's throw some out. Like, because I know that. Oh yeah, I've like, got plenty. Um, so like, I'm just kind of curious. Like, so Billboard defines it as an act that has won a position on Billboard's National Pop Top 40 just once. Um, so, like Wikipedia says, using this definition, artists are therefore classified as one-hit wonders based solely on the Billboard Hot 100 chart performance. Um, so, other factors such as success in other territories, additional hits on other Billboard's genre-specific charts, uh, membership in more prominent bands or musical groups, critical acclaim and influence are not accounted for. Yeah, so, they, could, they could stuff that uh, stuff that up their big toe. Oh yeah, like that. I mean, just going through this list. I mean, when, when I was looking through, it's like. I'm looking through here, and it's like they have the offspring on here. They have, uh, let's see, what's another big, like a big act? Oh, um, Cake. Like, not necessarily like the biggest, you know, rock act that I ever played, sure. but it's like certainly has a discography of, you know, Multiple. many albums, lots of great songs. Um, but yeah, it's like the whole, like they have Public Enemy on here. Come on. Like, that's. That's just not. That's just. So not these right. are more like guilty pleasures that have been one or two songs and stuff. Okay, Sixpence yeah. None the Richer, Kiss Me, <laughs> off of this. She's all that soundtrack. Oh yeah. So I, the, one of the things I noticed looking Freddie at Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince. Um, one of when I was looking at like just kind of some of the songs and uh, thank you for all the suggestions too today on our, on our Facebook absolutely because we've got there's some excellent ones that are definitely on my list and I my list is probably too long to go on for the full segment but uh, you know maybe one day we'll just do a full full damn episode about one hit wonders but uh there's so many in like the like not quite alternative rock but not quite mainstream rock and like not and they're not heavy it's like this this middle ground of like 90s like mid i don't even know how to describe it just like mid-tier rock you could so just say it like because i know where you're going right here you could tub thump if you want <laughs> no no that's that's way that's way more pop than uh than where I'm going with this. Like I'm looking at, at my list. Chumba Wumba tub so, thumping was the whole reason we wanted to do this. Well, absolutely. This this gave us justification to talk about <laughs> it, about Chumba Wumba. Um so like I just just I went back to like, you know, into the you know kind of formative years that I was listening to music. So it's like four non blondes. What's going on? Yeah. It's like uh Well then you look at Linda Perry and what she's gone on to right. do is like she writes all the songs for this pink pink person <laughs> yeah that, that that she's done a few things i think but yep. uh yeah 
it's uh, the proclaimers. Five, you know, oh. like I'm gonna be you know 500 miles. Yeah, and it's like these like not they're not like full fledged rock as most people see okay. them. Like the, the Verve pipe, the freshman. Bittersweet like, Symphony is a good track. Yeah. No, that's the Verve, not the oh, pipe. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yes, I'm thinking of a, one that is going to be a Mr. Lou Bega. Oh yeah, but again, more pop. Than, right. Are than, you just going like rocks? Well, okay, fine. These You're, are the note. Like that's the trend that I know. It's like there's so many of these like soft, like medium rock acts. Like oh. Sister Hazel. I think Chicago's almost Sister Hazel. Um, what so, about like Harvey Danger? Yeah. Oh. The you, flagpole best, sita. Best believe Harvey Danger. <laughs> the the song John that's Roderick been, in, just been in every '90s to early 2000s montage scene ever. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh. I'm thinking of one right now. If you've ever read, gone to our website, and you could read my profile, uh, Fastball. They're a two-hit wonder. They are, but yeah. they're on the same album, yeah. and they're like I think they're close to each other. The way good good friend of ours, Mikey Wild, suggested that uh, they were a one-hit wonder, and I think that you are going to debate that because they had two. <laughs> well, they did have two, out of my mind, yeah. and the way. But still, they definitely make my list. And Mikey, I listen to them religiously. <laughs> I love them. It's like it's not a joke. Well, I, he also what the Jamiroquai song he virtual insanity. virtual insanity. It's like. I, I remember watching that music video on VH1, and it's like, hey, when's that, that hot new Jamiroquai single going to drop? But see, he's <laughs> got a bunch of albums that have come out like right. overseas that aren't just hits here. So I think of another one. God, who am I blanking on right now? Well, I'll tell you one thing that we forgot about is another feature film-based movie, and it's Deep Blue Something with Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, if there's a, if, don't put a Patreon out for me to have to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> or just listen to the song on repeat. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to listen to an hour of brec- of deep of any Deep Blue Something album. <laughs> Eiffel 65. Um, yeah, but you know, like, so you have like that type of, that like that genre like was so prolific in that like the 90s. Um, you know, you have uh, Eagle Eye Cherry. Oh, yes. <laughs> save tonight. You are going to save tonight. Tal Bachman. Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, like, some of these songs where it's like, You man. do have Edwin McCain and I'll Be. Yeah. That is, no, that is like, if you're going like Dawson's Creek stuff, anything that was a theme song for like a Dawson's Creek or whatever, that would well, be. Well, but, um, the Rembrandts, the fr- Friends song. Yeah. Uh, well, my girlfriend will kill me for this one, but uh, what's it? Gavin DeGraw with, uh, the was it the... One Tree Hill theme song. Okay, but he's had a couple albums. He has that have been hits. Yeah, well, hits. I don't. I. I sh- Soft hits. Say. We're we're we're. Ed- I shouldn't say that. Uh, that maybe he, perhaps he has charted more than once on the top hundred. I. I don't know. I don't follow Gavin DeGraw's career. I did. Steve? He was on uh, with uh, Live from Daryl's House. So. Ooh, very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Steve. What? Do you steal my sunshine? Oh, you steal my sunshine. You know that I'm all about that, Len. For whatever reason, for what? <laughs> I guess like we think about it, like who let the dogs out? Baja Men is another good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going to the pop side of things. Well, I mean, I think we forgot one seriously big one. Lit, like, my own worst enemy. Well, that you know, God, they still play that goddamn song. That one song. Yeah, and I, that song sucks. I'm sorry, but that song blows, and they play that shit on every alternative station known to man. It's like, man, give it up. It is bad. Um, but no, we forgot the very famous Marcy Playground. Oh, Sex and Candy? Sex and Candy. One of the earliest songs I learned how to play on the guitar. 
which was obviously not appropriate for when we're in middle <laughs> school to listen to this. Like, what were our parents doing? No. no. I just like the little slide that they have in it. <laughs> so would a one-hit wonder be considered for, like, if there's, like, two people who never were in a band ever again? Like, but they have a song that may have been on a soundtrack? I think I Actually, know three people who are on I, it. I think I know where you might be going with this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it. Okay, like a ditty. A page and a Godzilla on the Godzilla <laughs> soundtrack. Would that be a one? I love that you gave. Did, did, did Godzilla get a songwriting credit on that Pro- one? Probably. Oh, because then you could take and have a remix like the Brain Stew <laughs> uh, soundtrack version, the Green Day. <laughs> like, that was like, more like a chicken, but like Godzilla screeches on there. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I think that one hit. I think of anything of like, I'm trying to like think back of like the Time Warner. Uh, you can have this if you the CDs where yeah. they start like the box set for only you know warrants four uh, payments of forty nine ninety five yeah, yeah where it just rolls the credits list of songs yeah yeah or um, like pop up video oh man I remember pop up video that's where I got a lot of these stupid ass like rock songs from is like man I remember watching VH one and these were the music videos it was always VH one yeah was I was always I was a VH one guy I didn't really get into MTV VH one played more rock at the time. So that's, behind the music, yeah. Um, so you know what though? Like, where do you consider? A lot of people will suggest Smash Mouth as a one-hit wonder. I say they're a two-hit wonder because they streamed over two albums, and the only reason we remember them today is because all of the songs that they have done have been related to movies. <laughs> so Walking on the Sun would have been their one-hit wonder, but yet they had the Mystery Men soundtrack and All Star boost their career to. Uh, Huge, huge heights and levels, and then they did that song for the Shrek soundtrack too, which you know, you know, Shrek. Yeah, but so you say that now, but you've you've literally just missed two songs that were top forty for them. Which one? Then the morning comes off of Astro Lounge. Okay, was number eleven, and I'm a believer, which not technically that was song. the Shrek. Yeah, we yeah. Mean, that that one, but yeah, so that's like those two were were top were top forty. Those so those hit the top hundred. Um, I don't know what other. I mean, obviously, uh, where they have "Walking on the Sun." Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I th- I don't classify them quite as one hit. Yeah. Do you know who I wish was a one hit wonder? Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah. Mark McGrath. Yeah. Should have been a one hit wonder, dude. Mark McGrath. Like they used to be. Um, I don't know if if the whole band, or just him. Like he was in with like a metal crowd. Like in the in the early mid nineties, it looks like a skinny version of Guy Fieri, right? Like across and, the tips, yeah. Like the I forgot, I, I don't remember if I was watching like behind the music, but it was of like some big act, and like Mark McGrath was like hanging out with them, and they're like, "Hey, look, it's Mark McGrath before he became Sugar Ray," <laughs> like, and he still had the frosted tips and all that stuff, but it was like, yeah, like he was, but he was hanging out with all, all of these like heavy rock slash metal people, and it's like, what the fuck is Mark McGrath doing here? That's that's <laughs> awesome. Hashtag Real Talk right now. We're gonna take and go into this. Any of the songs that we've listed today, would you not sit down and listen to the full track if it was on? Oh, um, okay. Let me because we've listed some that weren't there. Let's go with ninety-five percent of them. If they came on, would you listen? You know what? I'm gonna take it and give you another one. I'm gonna give it to you because Swedish. They had two tracks, <laughs> and I saw the sign. Yep, Ace of Base, man. Ace of Base, like fuck, man. I think. I would probably listen to all of these through through the end of it just for uh, nostalgia's sake. We yep. forgot New Radicals. You get what you give. Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
No, I think I would I would probably listen through uh through them. Uh it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, "Hey, I remember that point in time in my life and uh, I'm going to go and watch it." Um before we wrap up here, Patrick, though, let's get back to uh some of the fan submittals before, you know, that uh we uh uh you know, don't want to slight anyone. So Absolutely. Um our good friend Andrew Marks requested the infamous Cisco for Thong Song. I'm confident that that one falls squarely within the the realm of one hit wonder yeah because otherwise it would have just been drew hill now that i think (laughs) about it like genuine had two but in those jeans and pony (laughs) and you're not gonna let anyone take pony away from you never never (laughs) um but yeah that's uh it's it's just kind of an interesting thing i mean like the 90s especially like obviously you know we don't have as much experience with the 80s one hit wonders but uh you know, growing up with the '90s, we we were fortunate to be said that we uh, were not uh, were not uh, taken away from the one-hit wonder uh, phenomenon. We we got to experience it very uh, very closely and very dearly with some uh, big big hits that uh, didn't lead to anything else. See, I want to come back and listen to Chumbawamba's back catalog. You know, like <laughs> all other. 11. I like Chumbawamba before they were big. Yeah. <laughs> Before they were thumping tubs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so before we before we wrap this up, then Patrick, one last track that we haven't talked about tonight that I got to think of one, on the spot. Give me give me one last track because there's oh, a few God. on here that I think you could dig up pretty quickly. That I can dig up pretty quickly. I'm blanking right now. You're Hold blanking on. right. All right. So let me let me inspire you a little bit. Divine uh, inspiration. Maybe uh, you you might be looking for. Uh, the band Tonic, with if you could only see. I I think you're trying to wrap up that this might be the closing time of this. Ah, uh, this uh, there it is. Yep. There is it this? is, my man. <laughs> yeah, you had to get that. You had to say Tonic because it w- reminded me of gin and tonic. And then you got the semi sonic. Yep, yep. Thank yep. you very much, guys. Thank you for joining us for episode 15 of all this podcast. We are now at closing time. And we don't have to, the the lights don't come on at closing time here with at all this podcast. We just go. Awesome! This was a fun episode, and thank you for uh, being here and cracking up one of your dark lords. Uh, Steve, take it away. Give us some metadata for yeah, this. Yeah, again, uh, like we said before, if you want to check us out uh, online, get us at uh, ohthispodcast.com. Uh, also check us out on iTunes or on the uh, Play Store. If uh, you want to, also uh, if you you enjoy the show, you want to leave us a review. Feel free to do that on either one of those uh, mediums. Uh, we can also get us on Twitter um, or on our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, if you want to, if you feel so inspired by our uh, serious deep dives into uh, uh, you know the nuances of uh, you know one hit wonders or the uh, you know intricacies of the fine cinema such as uh, Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. You know, hit us up on Patreon. You know, give us a uh, donation and help support the show there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, again. Thank you for hitting us on, on Instagram. Until next time, we're going to do some more show prep and get you some show ideas coming out here next week. But we're going to keep that in suspense. Ooh, yeah. We uh, don't want to tease too much. Yeah. We got to get the production crew to have their meeting there. But again, until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>